Bilingual in America. Tunei el loga fi America. Bilinguismo negli Stati Uniti. Bilingue in America. Ser bilingue en America. I'm Suzanne Lasser. I'm Suzanne Lasser, and I'm here with co-host Yarina Sension. As we welcome in 2022 and all of its possibilities, Yarina and I decided that we wanted to focus episodes for the start of the year on New York State's blueprint for the English language learner multilingual learner success. If you aren't familiar with the document and you are in the field of education, definitely visit NYSET's webpage to check it out. Yarina and I collaborated on today's interview with Ulde Yao, a sixth grade integrated classroom teacher in the Rochester City School District. We were drawn to Ulda because in 2014, she became a core member of the CUNY New York State Initiative on Emergent Bilinguals and has worked as a lead teacher in a research study that examines the impact of translanguaging strategies on a variety of student outcomes. Translanguaging is not new to our listeners and has been featured before on Bilingual in America. Today's episode is geared more towards those in the field of education, but really what Ulda shares is applicable to those of you who are bilingual or allies of the bilingual and multilingual community. Listen with an open heart and mind as Ulda shares about the intention, purpose, structure, and liberation associated with translanguaging. We want to welcome you, Ulda, and to get things started, we've always asked that our guests share a little bit about themselves to give some context to our listeners. So take it away. Thank you, Susan and Jarina, for inviting me. This is so amazing. I am Ulda Yao. I was born in Fajardo, Puerto Rico. I came to the U.S. when I was two, went back when I was 10, came back when I was 18 to go to college, and I've been here ever since this passion that I have for bilingual education, you know, emergent bilinguals. I mean, it's just, it's what fuels me. So it's so interesting, someone like you that was born in Puerto Rico and then came to the United States and then returned. And, you know, that dynamic, I always feel like that's how you build a truly bilingual person, right? Because you're always flipping your language domain, but really using all of your language. So, so you've been so involved with the blueprint for the success of our English language learners and our multi-language learners to ensure that translanguaging is now encouraged by the New York State Education Department. Could you share a little bit about that amazing work and in particular, the CUNY New York State Initiative um, by Emergent Bilinguals? Absolutely, yeah. So directly involved with the blueprint, no. Influenced it greatly, I believe 200% yes. I believe the CUNY nice of work with Ophelia Garcia, um, me being so blessed to be part of it, all the way from here, upstate New York, and meet with them and work on this so passionately for so many years, doing active research um, and meeting with Ophelia and her team, incredible, right? There was always this dissonance between policy, what was happening in the classroom and research. 
and it was not aligned right by no means and now all of a sudden we see this alignment after so many years of the work of Ophelia Garcia in New York State trying to promote right translanguaging in education and so that work completely I know influenced the blueprint because the language is so familiar the language in the culturally responsive sustaining education framework uh, the hallmarks of uh, advanced literacies clearly the language that they use of you know home language support and making sure um, we support students linguistically and culturally in the classroom and create environments that affirm them I was like Nita mm -mm -mm. this is clearly the work of Ophelia Garcia and the CUNY NICEP team. No me vengas con ese cuento. I'm like, uh-uh. This is, they didn't put Ophelia Garcia and CUNY NICEP, but we know our stamp is all over that. Because it just didn't exist before. It wasn't even something, and I've been in education, this is gonna be my 18th or 19th year. I'd never heard anything like this. And all of a sudden, after years of this work, now you see this coming up, right? Equity and, you know, diversity, inclusion, home language support, bringing all of that into the classroom. And that was never the case. It was completely the opposite. You know, it was these clear lines of distinction between, you know, in bilingual classroom, the English time, the Spanish time, or, just being like bilingual being the cuckoo because we needed to like immerse the kids immerse them immerse them in english only environments and all of a sudden you know you see a lot of dual language programs and you know that sounds so awesome and when before it had like a little stink to it you know it was like the skunk the bilingual was like the stinky child and right. now all of a sudden it's like the shiny let's polish it up let now it's like yeah it should have been done like a really long time ago and so I clearly can see that common thread between the work of CUNY NICEP that of course was funded by them to begin with. So that's how I know I'm like, oh yeah, this is clearly the product of these years of research with Ophelia and her team that I was just like the smallest little fraction I feel. These people were just so incredible. And I was, you know, the person in the classroom just taking recording, 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 and have like this huge archive of videos of my students that that's what I use to, you know, help with the research and implement things that they would come up with on translanguaging and the pedagogy. And, um, and so, yeah, so I could definitely say we greatly influenced everything that's happening right now that is supporting the emergent bilinguals and the bilingual classrooms. Never just say, oh, I was just recording with the students, because if it wasn't for your work with the students, right, that action research approach, that hands-on, like this is going to work or this definitely is not going to work is so important. And oftentimes when we see things that are laid out for us as educators, it hasn't been brought to the classroom level where it has been tested to be tried and true. In one of your posts, I had read that you commented, translanguaging in a writing unit as an act of linguistic liberation. That really yes. struck me. Tell us about this recurring focus. OMG, right? This is like its own hour and a half podcast, part two, three, four. But I'm gonna try to just keep it sweet and short. Absolutely, yes, right? We are linguistically liberating the students. There's been this linguistic oppression where it's this fractional view of that bilingual child. You're like 
half English, half Espanol, and I'm going to shut this one down because this is the one we're going to value, the English side, right? And so you never get to really know what the students know and really validate them. You know, um, I went to school here in urban education in a bilingual school classroom, and I am so fortunate I was validated, you know, it was in the 80s, 1980s, and I was see, I felt seen, validated, I felt heard, but that was just really not the case in general. I just so happened to have an incredible, you know, teacher that was Blanquita, and she had, you know, she spoke to us in Spanish with her heavy accent and really try to include that in, in you know, in teaching us. Um, but for me, it's like, oh my gosh, that is front and center in my class, you know, linguistic liberation is saying, you are important, you are valued, all of you, we're gonna use all of it because nothing is gonna go to waste. Everything is an asset. We're not shutting down anything. At any moment, you can use all of it, your entire linguistic repertoire, all those features that we call languages, bring them into the classroom. It's all going to be, you know, and not only say it, you know, because some teachers, you know, say, you know, yeah, no, um, I have, you know, diversity within my books. You know, I got brown, blacks, you know, a sprinkle of Native Americans, you know, for good measure. I got it all right. It's like, no, 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 that's not it. Translanguaging is not about diversity. It's about inclusion. And there's a very clear distinction and we need to make that. I inclusion is about including all of the, all students are, not just showing the books and look at my baskets that I have and look at this poster or look at what I, no, 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 no. It's about including it in instruction. Is it part of the instructional fabric of the classroom? It is not about books. It is about the instructional practices. Our students' bilingual voice can be really seen. It's visible in the walls. It can be heard do you create these spaces? And I clearly understand because what, every time I do presentations, you have that person that, and I always get it from like administrators, right? Because those are the ones that are like a little bit removed from the classroom and you're like, oh, come on, you should know better. They're the ones that always give me that little resistance. They have the question like, oh, so this is a free for all. So there is no, 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 it's no way because translanguaging is about intention, purpose, is structure. It is not a free for all. There is spaces where I'm gonna to talk to my students and I'm gonna say, you know, mi amor, I need you to respond to me as much English as you can, okay? Because I wanna see where are you in learning English, you know, in the language that we've been using and practicing. So I clearly have these moments where I wanna see, but of course I have those moments where I'm like, mi amor, English o en español? Tell me, comunicate conmigo como sea. Communicate whichever way you want. I just need to know that you understand this task, that you got the skill. Did you get that strategy? Use whatever language you want. Don't worry about it. It is that. It is integrating that and meeting the student where they are. Instead of like, you know, I, I you know, we don't want kids to try to fit in into our mold. We want them to just feel that they belong. Let's create a big, just come in the way you are. We're gonna use all of it, right? Because we have these molds and these policies that are like ancient, go back with like the dinosaurs. It's like, come on, you know, let's teach the kids holistically. There's such a difference between, and I love the work of Brene Brown with belonging. And I love all that stuff from her. I've been a fan for like, 
10 years that when she became popular, I was so upset. <laughs> like, no, I wanted her all to myself. But there is that difference between fitting in and belonging. And so we create these policies, right? Um, um, educational policies where our emergent bilinguals have to fit in into this mold. And so we almost like orphan all these parts of them away and say, no, this is the one we need. And it's like, no, no, no. You know, it's about belonging. It's about creating a space where they don't have to change because if they have to change, now they have to fit in. We want them to belong. I want them, even though they drive me crazy, these sixth graders, I want them to feel they belong in my classroom. Ejo and all their changuerias, I love it all. Bring it all. Don't orphan any of your parts. They're all important and beautiful and they're all gonna serve you, right? In the future, we're talking about our bilingual authors. We're shutting down when we tell these kids, esto no es aquí, esto no sirve aquí. You can't, yo, you can't do this. You can't talk like that. Or even when they have that urban English and we try to, to no, 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 no. We have to work with all of it and, and, and show them, right? That there is, there is this mainstream English, yeah. But all of it is good. Your Spanish, your English, it's all good because it's all their authentic voice. These are our future poets, our writers. When you reframe the way you see them, it's going to blow your mind away because you're going to see that everything is a gift and it's an asset and you don't want them to lose any of it because that's going to be like their money making, all that authentic voice. You know, we have so many authors that create that, right? They have to go and research, you know, urban education and go to Mexico for five years to write you a novel and to have this authentic voice and then we're trying to like squeeze it out of them it's like oh no don't do that these are these amazing you know adults that we're gonna have we just have to these writers these poets let's see how we can write show them how to channel all of that and how to use it in certain ways a lot of the you know um hallmarks of advanced literacies is about that it's about telling kids, you know, these are, you have different audiences and how, how do you move through that? Okay. So they are all, everything about them is needed. Ulda, mm -hmm. your distinction on diversity versus inclusion, fitting in versus belonging. I mean, your social justice stance is just so clear. We belong. They belong. This is powerful. And really the idea of we have to create artificial voices because we're squeezing and squashing authentic voices. What you said, I haven't even thought about, but you're right. Why does someone need to go and research for five years in Mexico when we have authentic voices? Yeah. I mean, so powerful. So Ulda, thanks to social media, we were connected. So what is your vision for a creation of a bilingual PLC, a professional learning community? and the development of global citizens. Oh my gosh, yes. So it's all about translanguaging, right? It's all about having people understand it because translanguaging is these three things. You hit right on it. Yeah, it is a stance, ideological stance, social justice stance that you are taking. It is the fluid practices of bilingual people. And it's also a pedagogical practice. So it's all three. And just having people be able to open up these spaces of conversation 
and not because I'm the expert, but because let's learn about each other. You don't have to agree with it, but can we talk about it, right? Can, can you share what your understanding of bilingual education can be, my understanding of it? But absolutely wanting to talk about translanguaging and, um, you know, like translanguaging documentation, how to document the, you know, bilingual ways of knowing of the kids, how they language, because that guides instruction, that guides your small group, knowing where is like their their bilingual zone of proximal development, you know, like taking the Vygotsky and twisting it up a notch, right? And really say, where is that space where you could do something by yourself and I, you need guidance, either from a grupito, your, your, your classmates, or me, because that is the space that I wanna come in and whoop, deploy my, my translanguaging strategies for you Right, so you need to document their ways of knowing, and then translanguaging rings are the strategies that we use. What are those? I I'm I cannot wait to like take a little breather from my classroom and be able to really put these PowerPoint presentations because the idea of the bilingual PLC is to introduce PowerPoints that I have that I am trying to clean up and make better to put on YouTube, so people can just go. So groups of teachers can just go and hit play and hit pause and say, we're gonna come back next week. We're gonna start this conversation here. And having me facilitate that process, right? And clearly saying, I'm not an expert. I got tons of archive videos that I'm gonna show. I'm gonna show the good, the bad, and the really ugly not to do, just to open up spaces. Because this is the thing. We teachers are, are we're great, but we're also judgy. We're judgy about, oh, it's almost SSC. What, oh no, in my classroom. It's like, mira, let, let's work together. Let's just, let's just work together. So me calling up on my courage, right? And saying, okay, I'm gonna put it all out there and, and have through a part presentation, PowerPoints that I could explain, people could pause and say, hmm, you know, eso está lindo, eso está feo. I don't know about that. Let me, let me think about it. That's okay. Lindo fail. It's great. I mean, as long as we're having the conversation of reimagining education for emergent bilinguals, olvídate, que se caiga el mundo, que hablen. But we have to come together. And so I'm thinking, let me just be brave and like put on my footage that, you know, some of it was good for Ophelia's research and some of it was like, oh yeah. And then some of it I was like, I don't think this, just, this really matters. But now I'm like, I don't want to just delete all that huge archive of years. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start putting it up and see what happens. Digan lo que digan. Because después que están hablando, that's a good. We just want them talking about it, right? We don't want this dying out. You know, we didn't put all this work. And Ophelia didn't put all this work with that cutie nice team to just now she's retired. Y se fue todo. No, I want to keep that conversation going. I'm going to put them up, put videos up and hopefully encourage teachers to create collegial circles and come together with these professional learning communities to just talk about it and, and think about how can we reimagine education for our bilingual students. Let's just take a pause. The price is too high to pay for me to be silenced and for me not to share all these years of all this research that I was part of that I have footage on because I'm afraid of el que dirán. 
Oh, look, she's a DJ. This is the one that worked with Ophelia, muchacha. That's the, 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 you know, olvídate. I want to put it out there just to continue that conversation. Let's get that conversation going. And if people reach out to me and say, hey, can you zoom in in our, in our, you know, our collegial circle real quick? Can you, we bring you through Zoom to ask you some questions? The stars have been aligned and I am going to faint, right? Because that would give me an opportunity to even say, hey, hi, you know, let me, and, and, and even learn more about what's happening in God knows where, the nation, around the world. So that bilingual PLC, I'm just trying to create conversation and spaces for us to begin to reimagine education. Let's think about it differently. Let's document the languages of the students, their way of knowing uh, let, let's, let's, you know, create these rings, which are these scaffolds, create these transformational spaces where they bring all of themselves into, into these spaces and use all of their language features to be able to express themselves and liberate themselves because they are important. They matter. And I need them to just not say it and have a little picture that says, welcome, and some cute little saying, no, 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 you show that, you build that into the fabric of the classroom. And that thread, you sustain it from September to June. Because if you empiece a high when you leave it, the kids aren't gonna know, they're gonna be la mirada And if you're in sixth grade, hipócrita te van a llamar. So it's like, because mm -hmm. nene, the older kids, they they don't play. They don't have filters. They're gonna say it like it is. And now, now all of a sudden we can't. So pick a sign, you know, let's work together. And let's learn from each other. And it's okay if people disagree. I've, I've met so many people that disagree with translanguaging and you don't know because the state exams, they don't assess, you know, and that's a big conversation. Let's have it. Because the more noise we create, that's how policies get enacted. Me being silent, that's not gonna do anything. You know, let's put in the work, the time, the conversation. Let's call upon our courage to really get out there and make some noise and get really loud about who we are, what our kids' needs are, and how to meet those needs. And my greatest teachers, los nenes mío, my students are the gift of God to me, you know, because they teach me patience and they teach me all of that. <laughs> they they are incredible because that translanguaging journey, they're the ones that leading it. I see what they're doing with language when I thought they weren't supposed to, and what are they doing here? And and going and investigating how they want to do things, they lead. So so, it's almost like leading from behind, right? That's how the the research throughout the years just came about. I was just like, you know, trailing the kids, what they were doing, and and documenting it, and learning from them. And I love this podcast and this idea that I could you know, maybe inspire somebody or that somebody might reach out and be like, you think I'm like, she got to call me. She got, oh yeah, no, yeah, let's do this. Like, call me, like, get me on Instagram. Let's, you know, let's have this conversation because it's staying quiet and just touching the surface because we don't want to ruffle feathers. It's just, it's a too high price to pay. I'm not willing to sit it out. The need is too great. Everything that you said and I'm sure Yarina has some thoughts also, but the two things I just want to touch on are, one, I wonder if your students know how amazing you are outside of the classroom as a result of all the learning that you do alongside of them. 
And the other is clearly Renee Brown will be very proud of you for, you know, daring to lead, right? You are mm -hmm. willing to put yourself out there and just saying, hey, this is me. This is how I show up. Let's talk about it. Right, mm -hmm. Yanina? Absolutely. And I really appreciate what you said about being courageous because in courage, there is vulnerability and transformation is messy work. And mm -hmm. we can't fear that. We have to just embrace all of it. So I, I love that, that you're reminding yourself each and every day to be courageous because you are your own champion and you champion your students. Thank you yeah, for that. Absolutely. And so I heard you say, you know, you hope to inspire people that are listening. I can't imagine that somewhere out there amongst our listeners, someone is not going to be like, let me, you know, connect with her. Connect um, so with me, child. Yes. <laughs> so Ula, before we let you go, you know, we ask all of our guests a really important question. Our hashtag is speak your beauty. How do you think you speak your beauty? Well, I speak my beauty through, I want to say courage, courage and resiliency. Definitely. I speak my view through my values. And those are two of my top values. I love, you know, showing up in courageous ways professionally and in different ways. Like this past summer, I rode my bike from New York City to Niagara Falls, right? It was. Wow. It was for cancer research and talk about calling on my courage and resiliency. And it's so funny. I had no idea that the courage and resiliency that I had gotten from my profession, I think it's my beauty and it just, it trickles into my personal life with my, with my family, with my husband, with the crazy things I like to do. My professional life has completely uh, this summer i realized how my beauty is that is that courage and resiliency that is just trickling into all these other parts of my life that i had no idea that what i did professionally could influence i just want to thank you on behalf of suzanne and i just for this enriching passionate courageous inspiring conversation with the beautiful Ulda Yao. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Oh, it was a pleasure. It was a blast. I hope you invite me again. <laughs> Ulda shared so many gems during our conversation and Bilingual in America is committed to the work of sustaining the trans-languaging threat for our emergent bi and multilinguals all season long. As we wrap up today's episode, I want to focus on the need to work together for the benefit of our students and for our own personal professional growth. We need more dialogue. We need a safe space to debate, question, challenge, reflect, and perhaps even pivot. Let's commit to more of that this year, whether it be in one language, two, or a mixture of both. As we embrace season two of Bilingual in America and calendar year 2022, we want to keep our bilingual multilingual conversation growing. We hope you will join us next time for Bilingual in America in this shared space where we celebrate the strength, beauty, and joy of being bilingual. And remember, in this shared space, we belong. Thank you for your interest in the stories we share. By sharing, 
following and liking our podcast on anchor.fm bilingual in america and our instagram blog at bilingualinamerica.podcast you are speaking your beauty we welcome your comments and feedback follow us like us share us